What is your relationship to food? What is your relationship to the food that you're eating? What is your relationship to the food that you're buying? What is your emotional connection to food? Listen to this episode because we'll dive right in. (laughs) Here's your dose of healthy infotainment. These are genuine conversations and real discussions for your health and vitality journey. I'm Chloe LeVray. I'm Alia Abdullah. And And you're listening listening to The Continua Podcast. Jinx. (laughs) Water, smoothie, something. (laughs) I think we're good. Good times, good times. There's going to be good times, good times. Yes, Harmony. Mm -hmm. There's going to be good times. Summer vibe. It is a good day and good times with a good episode that we're about to have and dive into today. Yes. Wait, this song goes. It is a good song. I've never heard this. Yeah? I like this a lot. It's a vibe. And I mean, with how many times they've said, I know there's going to be good times, that is the name of the song. Yeah, I'm so into this song. She is into the song. I'm not here. (laughs) All right, and... (laughs) So, yes, we are here today. Chloe, what are you... Do you have a snack? Do you have a... She's still dancing. (laughs) Do you have a a snack or a a sip of the day, S-O-D? You know, I do. It's not present because I ate it, but I want to talk about it. Okay. So, Ali and I love this little cafe down the road called Green Table Cafe. Yes, It's kind of our go-to spot. We'd love to have them on the podcast at some point. Shout out Green Table. They make everything in-house from scratch, and they make these little date cookie dough Mm -hmm. protein balls Mm -hmm. that are literally three ingredients, which are almond flour, sun warrior protein, Mm -hmm. which is a plant-based protein, Mm -hmm. And dates. And that's it. And it's so yum. Nutritious and delicious. So yum. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Delish. And how about you, Aaliyah? So I still have matcha, which should be no shock to anyone that's listening to this episode because I'm always drinking some. (laughs) Shouts to Green Table for making me my matcha and seeing my face multiple times (laughs) this week. (laughs) And the health benefits, I'm pretty sure everyone has researched that. So the antioxidants. I actually like it for the taste. I know a lot of people are like, Ooh, as I do I. Better. Well, there's a lot of people that don't mm. that don't really like it. And as we all know, I love tea. I don't like to put a bunch of stuff in my tea, so I yeah. enjoy the flavors. But without further ado, because yes. we're excited to get into this on the topic of food. Very true. Yes. Good segue. So we have today Tanisha Hicks, who is a certified holistic health coach with an emphasis in emotional eating psychology. She received her training at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. After years of struggling with an unhelpful relationship with food, she understands the difficulties people face with self-sabotaging behaviors. That is the reason why she started her company, Vegetated State of Mind. Love the name. Yes. (laughs) Snaps. Tanisha. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So I just want to first say thank you for having me on the show and super excited to talk about health coaching and my journey with my health. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And joining us on this Saturday (laughs) for a good time. Absolutely. I love (laughs) it. See what I did there? Love it. 
Tanisha, talk to us about your move here, because I know you moved here from a different state. Yes. So I moved from Saginaw, Michigan. Saginaw is a very small town. It's like mid-Michigan area, like an hour and a half from Detroit, Michigan. So I moved from there to Los Angeles back in April 2019. Probably one of the best decisions I have made in my adult years. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, moving here has been a game changer for me. It's brought me so much growth. And I think that struggling with dealing with my health and just like stressors. So living back home was, you know, a bit challenging for me. And it was time for a change. I needed another environment, something that would help me flourish and grow. Although I was in school and I was working and things of that nature, but it was stressful. And I do suffer from a mental illness. So it caused it a lot of like breakdowns and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So moving here, I've been so healthy and so happy and so grateful. And obviously, California is the life. So <laughs> yeah, the beaches, the hiking, the trails, all of it. I just love it. I feel like Los Angeles is such a make or break type of city for people. Yes. People come here because they have big dreams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very big dreams, big goals that they want to hit. And, you know, it could break you down. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving that you're having such a positive, positive yeah, positive yeah. experience Definitely, being here. definitely. Coming here to start a new life and it has built up my strength and my wisdom and, you know, not having that support like I had back home. Now I'm trying to rebuild it here. So right, right. It's, it's kind of fun in a way because <laughs> I'm making new friends, meeting new people and just just connecting and collaborating. It's just beautiful. So, yeah. You mentioned, and again, if you're comfortable talking about it, you can. If you're not comfortable, you don't have to. But you did mention a mental illness that you were working working through and are working through. Is that something you were diagnosed with back at home? Yes. And then that kind of influenced your decision to come here? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So I do suffer from bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And I have suffered from that from a child on up. But it became a big issue in my adult years. So, like, usually around finals time, like, in college when I was back home, everything would just start piling up on me. And I had some discipline issues because I just, I couldn't get the work done in time or, you know, and then... Mm -hmm. Sometimes it would help me back. And then I have good excuses to uh, turn my work in late. But it's just the time came around for me to actually study for finals. And I wasn't prepared. So I would get really, really stressed out around that time. And everything just start happening. Like just so many things. I might lose a job or I might. um, It's just so many factors play into it. And so then I just break down mentally. And I go into a manic depressive episode. and, And I stay in that episode for about three, four months. And so, you know, I'm not in reality. I have to have my support system help me get back on track mentally and bounce back. And that's why I look at resilience is such a, it's such a powerful word. And it's, it has made a big impact in my life, bouncing back from those hardships. Because struggling with bipolar has been ooh, a challenge that I'm still facing and healing from. And also, just recovering from those mental breakdowns. And, you know, so you know how Michigan has seasonal depression. Yes. And, you know, and that is so stressful, just living mm. in that environment. So coming here to California, I have not had an episode. I have wow. not experienced the, no probably stress. Probably the, the sunlight. The, oh, my goodness. Shout out to the vitamin D. <laughs> yes. Shout out to that sun. Right. The California sun. Right. <laughs> thank you so much for yeah, sharing thank that. thank you for sharing that. That's, yes. that's amazing. And... 
I feel like people don't take advantage of the fact that the sun mm -hmm. has such a positive impact on our bodies mm -hmm. because it helps create the vitamin D in our bodies. Right. And being from a city where you don't get a lot of sun, you can feel it. There's a there's a big impact yes. that happens mm -hmm. for you, yes. especially when you have the bipolar mm -hmm. disorder mm -hmm. or a depression. Mm -hmm. You need the sun. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I know. I'm just, I'm like I'm just smiling. I'm just really yeah. smiling. I'm really happy that you're having a positive experience oh, here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I want to touch back on mental illness because I feel like in the black community, those have historically been very taboo subjects. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because we don't talk about it. Yeah, we ignore it, you know, because we're ashamed that this is happening to us. Like, I can remember back as a kid that I was so ashamed that I had to take medication for my mental health because it was look, it was frowned upon in our mm -hmm. communities, you know. Mm -hmm. I went to a predominantly African-American school, so... Until my last year, before I graduated, I went to a more diverse school, and it was a lot different. Mm -hmm. So I got to experience both worlds. Mm -hmm. Like it was normal. Like, oh yeah, girl, I take medication too. Yeah, I have ADHD. Or yeah, at the the other school that I went to, you were considered crazy. Or mm -hmm. you know, we hit it. Mm -hmm. We hit it. And and I think that it's important to talk about this topic. Mm -hmm. And I I feel comfortable now. You know, I'm I'm. It's a part of who I am. And I remember telling a friend that. You know, like, I'm ashamed that I have to take this medication every single day. And she would say, well, what about the people that have to take their insulin for diabetes? And what about people that have to take their pills for heart disease or cholesterol or whatever? We have to take care of ourselves by taking our medication. And that is it. So I just felt, I just felt like that was definitely something that gave me a different outlook on it. Yes. Thank you so much for yeah, sharing that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. You you know, we, we briefly talked about in your bio, we talked about disordered eating and and your relationship with food. When did all of that start? Ooh. And did you get diagnosed with an eating disorder or did you get diagnosed with disordered eating? And what is the difference? Oh, yeah. good. So. <laughs> Multi-layer. Come on. Check, check, check. Yeah. So disordered eating, I never got diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I have struggled with disordered eating. Okay. So the difference, eating disorders are more like life-threatening issues that people face. And I don't like to delve deep into mm -hmm. that because it's because I'm a holistic health coach mm -hmm. and that's like more so outside of my scope of practice. Mm -hmm. So I like to stay Thank within you for my scope. That. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Appreciate I like to that. stay I like to stay within my scope of practice when discussing those type of topics, but life-threatening issues, um anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia is more of them that are eating disorders. But disorder eating is more so People may not agree with it, but dieting is a form of disorder eating. Emotional eating, restricting yourself from any type of food, things of that sort is disorder eating. And so for me, I struggle with emotional eating. I had to get therapy for it. I had to reach out to people that also struggle with it to help me heal from it. And then, so that's where I knew that holistic health coaching was definitely it, you know, for me as a career but in high school, so, like, I would hide certain, like, I wouldn't eat in front of other people because I was always shamed. I had this this image growing up that, oh, if I eat all the food on my plate, people will talk about me. Or mm -hmm. if, if I eat certain things, they wouldn't say anything. So I will just maybe leave this on the plate 
and then eat this. So it was, you know, I didn't want people to have this image in their mind, like, oh, she's not eating at home, or she's really greedy, or, you know, so Where that, that also... Where from? Um, you know, I think a lot of it plays in, tr- like, factors in trauma, um, things that you have been told, and even shows, like, movies that we watch, and the media, all that plays a part in that thought process. So that was definitely one of them. And that triggered more things happening. So, like, I would eat certain things in secret. When I would go home, I have all these Rice Krispie treats, and <laughs> I would eat them, and, and i hide the wrapping papers. And, you know, I had a thing about body image issues, and I just I didn't want people to, to think of me as this greedy girl or, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I was being greedy, but in all actuality, I was just enjoying food. And it became a problem when I would get sad and I would eat often, you know, and then also facing with the mental illness, I didn't understand that certain foods, like certain things that I was eating, I was eating too much of. And some days I'll get emotional and I wouldn't eat at all. So that is another form of emotional eating. Mm-hmm. All of those things just made it worse for me you know it stressed me out and I needed some type of comfort and I would choose food right. you know so mm-hmm. especially at night nighttime for me was definitely a way for me to eat even more and hide food mm-hmm. so um, I didn't want people to know that I was eating that Rice Krispie treat but I love Rice Krispie <laughs> treats <laughs> I love that you can laugh about this now yeah absolutely you know? yes, yeah. yes that's really important and also thank you for breaking down the difference between eating disorder and, mm-hmm. and disordered de- eating. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you in terms of saying like it's a controversial topic of whether or not someone considers dieting a form of mm-hmm. disordered eating. If I'm giving my opinion, I would agree with you because I do think, especially even being here in Los Angeles, here in the U.S., let's shout out social media for that matter. <laughs> there is an obsession over dieting. Mm-hmm. I do remember being in college or being in high school and having friends where it's just like, I have to stick to this diet. And their whole day is jacked up if there's one thing that they didn't adhere to. And it's mainly about having a healthy relationship to food. Yeah, It's also like, mm-hmm. what is your emotional relationship to that? How is that impacting your relationships to other people and how you're connecting with people? Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing in that because that's a narrative and it's a journey and a relationship I think is very important to highlight. Yeah. And I hope anyone listening to this episode understands the difference and also understands the importance. I agree. You know, diets, we look at diets as a a form of way to, to hide certain things that's going on in our lives. It's important that people really consider educating themselves on what diets and what diets can cause and the mm. things that it can do and trigger for you. Yeah. I I completely agree. Yeah. I did I wanted to touch on something that you just said when people are going on a diet. There's a deeper meaning to why they're going yes. on the diet. And that's why it's so important to work with a practitioner like yourself mm-hmm. and that practitioner asking the right questions. So literally asking your client why. Mhm. And keep asking them that question until they hit until 
Exactly. Exactly. Because they'll throw out really surface level. Right. You know? Right. Oh, I'm here because I want to lose weight. Oh, why do you want to lose weight? Oh, because I want to fit into these pair of jeans. Oh, well, why do you want to fit into these pair of jeans? Mm-hmm. Oh, because I'm about to go on vacation with my husband. Oh, why is it it's so important for you to, to fit into these jeans for this on for this vacation with your right. husband? Yeah. Oh, because my husband has been distant with me lately. Right. Mm-hmm. Whoop. Right. We there just touched is. on, mm-hmm. you know, we right. just touched on something. Mm-hmm. And that, obviously his- that was a total, I just made that example up. Yeah. But it's great to follow that that process to see how it can start from something so surface level and, and work its way down. You can at any point, correct me if I'm wrong here. I usually, instead of saying diet, like I like to just say I have like nutrition guidelines. So I'm still focusing on nourishing myself. Like I don't want to deprive myself. And I also don't want to shame myself either. Yeah, absolutely. I like to use the word nourishing to address, you know, like I'll just eat something nourishing to fuel my body. Something good. When we use the word nourishing, you're emphasizing that you're eating something that's healthy, mm-hmm. good for you, something that you enjoy, mm-hmm. you know. So I definitely reference that. Yes. Okay. All the time actually. <laughs> Do you think that there's a correlation between what you were eating and when you had your bouts of your manic state and your depressive state. Sorry, manic state, depressive state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, well, most times when I'm, before I'm going into that state, I'll completely stop eating and then I'll just start drinking water because, of course, my body image is always a factor before I go into a, a breakdown. I like to call them breakdowns. So before I go into those breakdowns, I'm thinking, oh, I hate my body or look at my body. I'm so big now and I just wish I can get back to this size or, you know, so I'm just telling myself these these negative things and I would just starve myself and I'll say, okay, because at one point I was a vegetarian for some quite some time and I would just literally, I was like, okay, I don't know what to eat. You know, I was new to vegetarianism, so I didn't know how to go about cooking things and eating healthy. I just would eat junk food or I'll eat things that are considered vegan or mostly vegetarian because I love cheese. <laughs> so I would just think to myself, okay, well, I'll just drink water and figure it out later, you know. And it was, I did it for like three, four days. I would just drink straight water. And of course I lost weight, but it was very unhealthy to do it that way. And at that time, that's what triggered it even more because I wasn't nourishing my bodies with the right foods. And so my mind just couldn't take all of that. So It was uh, starving. Your mind mm-hmm, was starving. Exactly, exactly. And I just wasn't like psychologically there anymore. And everything just faded out, kind of got foggy from there, you know. Yeah. Food definitely plays a role in your mental health. It's true. Your food is medicine. You know, like Mark Hyman once said, food is... Yes, Mark! Yeah, food is medicine, you know. Um, It's it's not like medicine. It is medicine. So Mm -hmm. we have to treat it as such, you know. So So being here in California, in Los Angeles, you... You've stated that you haven't had an episode since you've been here. Yes. Lovely. What (laughs) how has your how has your food intake and what you're eating changed since you moved to to Los Angeles? So I'm no longer a vegetarian. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) But I do enjoy I enjoy cooking. Cooking is really big for me. When I cook, I, I try to 
adding fruits and vegetables. I try to leave like nuts and seeds on the table for me. Instead of just going out and get a bag of chips, I'll just have some nuts on the table and drink some water or make some juice. My go-to juice is pineapple and ginger right now. That's just yes. my go-to. It's a good, it. yeah. good uh, food fighter. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Or carrot and ginger. But nice. that's the juice that I would just juice up or make a spinach green smoothie or something of that sort. Even kale sometimes. Eating those foods has caused me to to think and think much more clearly, to feel much better about myself, and to just, like, when I eat those things, I even feel good about my body. I don't have these negative thoughts about, oh, my God, I need to not wear these jeans anymore. I buy clothes that fit, that mm-hmm. makes me feel good. You know, I eat foods that makes me feel good. And when I do that, I just have a whole different outlook and a positive right. thought process. I don't worry or I don't stress versus going out to a fast food restaurant and feeling fatigue afterwards. You know, right. it's so much better to cook at home. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like you you feel nourished emotionally, spiritually, and physically and mentally, did I forget that one? Yeah, yeah mentally. <laughs> yes. When you're when you're choosing different foods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to be open to different foods, and I don't discriminate with the foods anymore. So, <laughs> as long as it's nourishing, yeah, I don't discriminate. <laughs> so when did you? So I I N. When did you go through the IIN program and start studying? Was that something that you did while you were in Michigan or something that you did here in Los Angeles? I'm telling you, Kelly. Kelly okay. has changed my life. <laughs> During the pandemic was the time that I actually... So I took the training in March of 2020. And then I finished in March of 2021. So I ended up going... I ended up staying at IIN to learn more about emotional eating. Because I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? That is it. That's it. That's definitely it. That's what I want to specialize in. That's what I want to help people in because I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I, and I, there, they have other courses that I'm also interested in, like gut health and, cause you know, that's the second brain, right. uh, hormone health. And so I'm interested in all of those subjects, those topics. But right now I'm so morally focused on emotional eating right now. So Vegetative State of Mind is a mindful healing and wellness business created to support women in exploring their mind's potential rethink their relationship with food, and rediscover the strength that lies within them. Can you walk us through an exa- like an example client? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, in what regards? So, someone finds you on Instagram. Okay. They see what you're about. Mm-hmm. They feel that they have not a, not a great relationship with food. And they just want some help in in having a more positive relationship with what they're eating. How would you help them? Oh, yeah. So it's not my job to, like, teach the client anything. It's my job to actually help them transform mm-hmm. and to guide them. So That's a quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I feel as though the client has everything within them to succeed, you know, to get better, to heal. It's just my job to pull it out of them, asking those high-mileage questions that's going to make them think like that, why, why, why. Of course, that'll get boring with them, so I'll ask even more in-depth questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they're like, How, oh. how, how? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, definitely that. And so, how the process really works, so we do the health history, and then if they 
decide to take me on as their health coach, then the next call would be more of like an intake. So it'd be like an eating story. I want to know what is causing these um, issues and what is your eating story like? You know, what... I what like have that. you struggled with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah. That should be like a a standard interview question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like job interview question. I mean, when some you know how people are like, tell me about yourself. Yeah. I honestly, well, maybe because I I don't like being asked that question because yeah, I feel like either. it's invasive. <laughs> it's such a simple question. Yeah, yeah. But it's such a profound question, mm. and it's so unique to each person when you think yeah. about it. Like, I, especially because food is so tied to your culture too. Yeah. Yes. So that yes. that would give you a lot of juicy information, which is yeah. just one question. I think that's really cool. Like you can really get to know people by food. Yeah, yeah. And then the next session would be like a goal setting session, mm-hmm. and of course we'll dig deep into the issues that they're facing based on the conversations that we're having. So, so I'm assuming you ask a lot of open ended questions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, but they enjoy it. They enjoy it. And, you know, I love it when they say, oh, you helped me so much. You gave me a different perspective on my situation. So Mm -hmm. that's exciting because I feel like, oh... Okay, I'm doing some here. Yes. (laughs) You're making a big difference to each other. This is is good work. It is. This is... And it's fulfilling work. Yeah. I I have a stat. I wish you guys could see Chloe's (laughs) mannerisms right now. Say say your stat, Literally, legs crossed. I have my finger up in the air. Yes, you did. Spill your stat. (laughs) So, in the U.S., eating disorder research is the least funded of all mental illness research. In 2018, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services spent $38 million researching eating disorders compared to $213 million researching anxiety disorders and $500 million researching depression. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's also a topic that people... Eating disorders is also a topic that's not talked upon in schools for, like, African-American schools, Mm -hmm. especially the school that I went to. I think that is hidden, and I just wish we'll be more, you know, we could be more open and just comfortable in this discussion with the culture Mm -hmm. and the community, yeah. And that's why I admire you being on here and being open about it and your vulnerability as strength. Mm -hmm. I think... Like you said, being open, talking about it, saying out loud, you're taking your power back from it in this moment and sharing this story. And I'm pretty sure that there's people that are going to be listening to this podcast that are going to be inspired and motivated by what you're saying, what you're saying and sharing your story. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I concur. Thank you. I echo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what was what was your family's relationship with food growing up? Mm, that's really good. So we were big on like soul food. Mm-hmm. We were really big on chicken and spaghetti. <laughs> um, especially chicken was definitely it. So a lot of greasy foods. Um, so fried chicken? or Yes. Just fried, okay, yes. Fried chicken. fried chicken. A lot of grains. My grandma loved, loved beans and cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, they used to be my go-to too. So, <laughs> you know. And, you know, pork. Pork was really huge in our in our family. Um, we, she would eat all the way down from, should I say chillin'? Yeah, no, yeah, go ahead and say oh, the yeah. chillin'. Oh, yeah. We already know. Yeah. <laughs> Call them out for what, I, we, we know when it's being cooked. You can smell it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, chillin's was definitely the holiday thing, you know. But I feel like my grandmother probably had the most unhealthy relationship with food. Like, she just wouldn't sit down and eat a full course meal mm-hmm. and enjoy it. 
you know, um, my gra- my grandparents raised me, by the way. So that's why I mentioned my grandmother. Mm. So my grandfather would come home from work and he'll eat his food and ignore everybody in the house <laughs> and watch TV. So that was another thing that I noticed a lot growing up. And so I and as I like continue to like grow and develop and understand the importance of eating food mindfully, mm-hmm. you know, versus having a distraction there, you know, and it's so good when we sit down and we can just savor the bite, every bite and or just be at the table with your family and uh, not be distracted, but just and talk, you know, just talk and enjoy the food and just savor it and talk about who, what seasons they put in it or, you know, just mindfully eat the food instead of being distracted by TV or music or your phone, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember even growing up where my grandmother was like, chew your food, like chew your food, Tanisha. Mm-hmm. Like we would just swallow it. Like, we would, <laughs> <laughs> like chew your food. You're going to choke. Like, right. you're going to choke. So, uh, I never did, thank God. But she definitely, definitely, like, taught us the importance of, like, actually chewing our food. And if people even knew the benefits of, like, chewing your food it can do, you know, they'll understand, like, it can help you digest your food easier. It, it helps with a lot of things, you know, just sitting there, just actually chewing your food. You'll realize that, oh, I'm full now. I'm sure I learned this in school. Yeah. The, you know, the steps of digestion. Oh. <laughs> but, but like, chewing your food a, cer- a certain amount of times, mm-hmm. like, I think it um, it releases certain enzymes mm-hmm. to help, like, break down your food, but then also it helps absorb the nutrients in your body, too. You mm-hmm. And I feel like... I don't know if I can say correlation because that's a strong word, mm-hmm. but... I think there might be a relationship <laughs> between between eating your food with a group of people and digestion mm-hmm. and uh, metabolism. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. I just think about France, for example. They eat in a very like communal way and for a very long period of time. <laughs> there are many courses, many, many courses. So you're at the table for hours. With people. Mm-hmm. Hours. Talking. Sipping your wine. Like, it's it's an event, almost. Every Hell night. Day. Every night, it's right. an event, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the dinner table is... It's community time. Yeah, it's relationship it's time. building. Exactly. Like you were like you were saying, something as small as like your your grandmother standing up and eating, and then your grandfather going in. It sounds like he was eating by himself, just like get his food. And yeah, unless we would go in there and bother him. But yeah, <laughs> like you don't hear us yelling in here. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, I had this epiphany moment um, listening to you say that I don't have any kids yet, but I I do intend to in the future probably ask them at the dinner table what flavors do you taste. Something as small Ooh, as like that. that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna start yeah. doing that if my kids ever hear this podcast. This <laughs> they is will. where it started. Right? You'll this, remember. <laughs> yeah, I'll remember. This is this is where it started with this conversation with Shout Tanisha. out your kid's name. Oh, I, I don't... I don't <laughs> you put me on the spot. I don't know yet. I have no idea yet. Absolutely no idea. But... I, I like I like that. Like you said, mindful eating, mm-hmm. taking the time to really savor the moment, mm-hmm. digest food. I think it might have been a conversation with Tracy Ellis Ross and Oprah, mm-hmm. but they were talking about oh, sipping yeah. soup or, yes. or, or oh drinking, my gosh. drinking soup. I just watched it. You did? Yes. No okay. Way. She can, oh. she can, <laughs> since she just watched it. And- yes. 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 Tracy Ellis Ross was talking, because she's a very busy person. Right. She's an actress, producer, all, all these things, you know. She loves eating soup mm-hmm. because it 
almost forces her to slow down. Because eating soup isn't something that you can do like in the car yes. or like walking down the street or like like you have to be so present when you're eating soup or else yes. you're going to spill. Yeah. Or else you're going to burn your mouth. You right. know, there's so there's so many little little elements to mm-hmm. eating soup that you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, she loves eating soup because it it gives her a moment of peace yeah. with herself. Mm-hmm. And that's so important especially for her because she's such a busy woman. Right. Getting back that. to what you were saying yeah. about mindful eating, like yeah. s- just slowing down mm-hmm. in the process, savoring the yeah. moment. See what yes. I did there? Yep. yep. Slow living. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> love it. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> you know, so slow, slowing down and just being mindful, being present, just mm-hmm. in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. just really being clear on what's going on and what's, what you're doing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I love food, so this is such a great conversation. <laughs> I think mindful eating is is the punchline mm. for this specifically. And then also, then again, relating it back to communities of color, people of color. What is our relationship to food? What is our relationship to... I mean, we don't need to unpack the food deserts because that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but... We'll have Dr. Mark Hyman on for that. Right. But just reshifting the narrative. And again, you're, you're one of those people. You're you're doing that yep. by your business, your story, what you're saying, and being an example, which is so dope. Mm-hmm. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. So we can. I think we can reshift that narrative. I think we can change the conversation around food. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I agree. I just wish that we can do it a little faster. But <laughs> yeah. slower, yeah. slower, slower, slower. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it'll help change a lot of lives. Like, people wouldn't be so caught up in the media and they wouldn't think. Because, you know, body image has, it controlled a lot of things in my life. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think that if we just just look at food as our friend and not the enemy, you know, like food is so good. It is. It's so good. It is. I I dance. If if I'm dancing, that means that the food is good. Absolutely. Starting in our community is Mm -hmm. a really good place yep. to to begin mm-hmm. how how have you Tanisha like how have you showed up in your community like in your inner circle to help kind of move the needle forward oh, even in uh, your friend group you oh, know your yeah. family oh, your friend group they love me <laughs> <laughs> you're probably the go-to right. yes. shout out to them because they're probably listening shout out to y'all yes so when I first started out like health coaching I would do like people like in my family and just get some practice and so that was exciting because I was really learning information. I was giving feedback to them on the importance of what they're doing. And they hated me sometimes. But <laughs> it was like, no. So, <laughs> But you, it, that right there, that was really big, just mm-hmm. being in my family and just giving back in that way. They and claim just, they don't hear you, but they hear you. They hear me, they definitely. Because if they didn't, they won't be calling me. <laughs> what seasoning exactly. should I put in this? <laughs> so when I learned a lot of info, like about the holistic journey and the holistic health of other people, mm-hmm. it just helped me in my own life to be better at what I do. So, mm. um, yeah. So, yeah. I have friends that are... Tremendous. Like, I remember one time my friend, she asked me, okay, so, because, you know, I was giving some feedback on Facebook about how important it is to um, wash our vegetables and fruits, you know, Mm. if you want the full benefits. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and so I would do, like, vinegar, water, and 
um, baking soda. I, that's where I wash all my fruits and vegetables in. And so uh, my friend was like, okay, so what do that do? <laughs> and I was like, no, it just cleans it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what know? are the benefits of that? Right. Right. So it was just But like, I mean, t- well, there are benefits, though, because you're taking all that filling mm-hmm, off of the fruits mm-hmm. and vegetables. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it was just, it was just, I was so happy to explain to her that, oh, this just is cleaning and, you know, so you want to take in all the full benefits of that. And she's like, oh my God, you're okay, okay. She's like, you're really in this. (laughs) Right, right. She's like, you know what you're talking about. (laughs) So it just made me happy that someone asked me a question and I was able to answer it and, you know, about food. Yeah, I love that. You feel like you're helping people. Yes, yes. And it's, and you're coming from... It's it's coming from your own experience too, exactly, exactly. which I feel like is is like it More feels even, even better. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Real, real, mm-hmm. genuine. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. You're like I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can really talk about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's say there's someone listening here. They're inspired by your story. They want to stay connected with you. How would they? How would they know that they would be the right client for you? The way that. People can reach out to me is through Instagram. It's vegetated, V-E-G-E-T-A-T-E-D-S-O-M. Or they can also check out the website, vegetatedsom.com. That'll be officially up by May. So hopefully that'll be up by May. Where they can actually schedule appointments, view the websites, and give me a call. And we'll do a health history, I like to call it. Mm -hmm. Just a one-on-one to see if we're a great fit for each other. Mm -hmm. And discuss, um, discuss... whatever issues that they're facing and see how we can continue the relationship. I love that. Ah, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to wrap up, but we have to wrap up. I know. <laughs> no, we have two fun questions. Oh, great. First question is, if you had to choose a song for 2021 as a theme song, not not a whole life song, but just like, this was, this, this is was a song <laughs> that would describe my year, what would that song be? Mmm. Do it have to be a song that's made in 2021? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Mary J. Blige, uh, Doubt. If I wanted to be someone, definitely that song. Um, yeah, definitely. Final question, Tanisha. What is your definition of journey? Ooh, yeah. So <laughs> it's not a destination, that's for sure. <laughs> Just realizing that everything we do in life is 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 not a sprint. You know, like Nipsey said, it's not a race, it's a marathon. Yep. You know, enjoying every bit, the moment that we're in now and, you know, just enjoying everything, you know. So I think, I, I really think that's, it's not a destination pretty much. It's, it'll never be a destination, you know, so... Everything we do is, is is getting better with time. Yeah. Yeah. The journey is the moment that you're in right. currently. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is a marathon. And the marathon <laughs> continues. Yes. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Tanisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. For anyone that is listening to this podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns about any of the topics that we spoke about in this episode, DM us on Instagram at The Continua, and we would be happy to chat with you. (laughs) All right, all. Later. Peace. Peace.